I trust you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You'll turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 13 says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, fear not. Fear not. And then the very last verse I want to read there, verse 24 says, And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and the word of the Lord is in thy mouth. Lord Jesus, speak to us today, God. This is your people. This is your church. This is your word. Jesus, would you deliver your word into our hearts and lives, O God. Speak, O God, just as you've given it. So God, impart it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I um, want to give a shout out to Bishop and First Lady there in Ogallala today. And in about 30 minutes, he will begin preaching. I uh, was texting him just a little bit between daylight savings going off last week and being a mountain time this week. <laughs> he, and if he was preaching first half, he's like three hours late then, right? And I wondered if that's kind of like being a meal. I ate three hours late, so... Um, but God's going to keep them, be with them. Um, I want to talk to you today about trust. And God is my provider. God is my provider. In 1 Kings chapter 17, this is the story of Elijah. Um, and I like to remember, does anybody ever get confused by Elijah and Elisha? Like you get all those miracles mixed up and those stories. I do, so I just remember the alphabet. The J comes before the S. Elijah came before Elisha. But Elijah here, um, the nation was ruled, it was Israel or ruled out of Samaria. So now it was split into two kingdoms. You have Judah and you have Israel. And to the north in Israel, the nation was ruled by Ahab. And Ahab had went and got himself a Phoenician wife, a, a woman named Jezebel. Her, her daddy was the king of the Zidons. And... He had adopted their gods, these Canaanite gods, and he had corrupted the land, and, and Ahab was a very wicked, wicked king. He reared up altars and, um, and, and angered the Lord, and none of these altars were to the one true living God, Yahweh. And Ahab lived as he wanted, and Jezebel, she was wicked. She's associated with the book of Revelation and, and, and evilness and and Ahab had destroyed, was destroying the nation. And Elijah came along and he said, I can't handle this anymore. There's something impactful when a child of God says enough is enough. And Elijah said, this is enough. Elijah had such a confidence in God and a zeal for God that he said, hey God... He went to the Lord in prayer, and then he went to Ahab, and he, said, he told him, 
As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's confidence in God. I might have been like, you're going to do this, right? (laughs) But he went before the king and and he had gone to God and he said, this is, this is what's going to happen. There's not going to be any rain. This land is not going to be blessed. Enough is enough. It's time for the people of God to get into their, their hearts and to say, enough is enough. I want you today to take confidence in Jesus Christ. God is in control. The Jewish people were referred to as the Hebrews. The Hebrew word there means without borders. The thing about Yahweh or Jesus Christ, Yahweh saves, is that God is a God without borders. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? He's a God without borders. And so Elijah here understood that you can adopt the kings of the Canaanites. You can go get you a wife from the Phoenicians. You can corrupt this land all you want. But God is a God without borders. He is the one true living God. And there is nothing that's going to come against Him that He can't handle. Hallelujah. And so Elisha gave the command and then immediately God says, Okay, I have a plan for you. You can trust God today. That no matter the situation, that God has a plan for you. We can take encouragement. Hebrews chapter 11 talks to us about the heroes of faith. And it talks about those that went before. And and it talks about the miraculous that occurred. And then it tells us about those who were sawn asunder. Those who gave their life standing up for the truth. Those that, that gave their life but yet were never filled with the Holy Ghost because it hadn't been poured out yet. We can take encouragement to know that if God decides it's our time to go... For whatever the reason, he's like, hey, you know what? The three Hebrew children, you made a decision not to bow, but I'm not coming through with the fiery furnace this time. He's got a better place for us. So stop putting your hope in this world. Stop putting your hope in man. Because no matter what, you win. You win. So God told Elijah, I've got a plan for you. And he secreted him away to the, he brought him away to the, the, the brook. And he fed him by ravens. You know, ravens are scavengers. I think right now, first off, I don't want to eat food that comes out of Winston's mouth. That's my dog. Um, Alicia met somebody the other day named Winston. He gave her a start. (laughs) But, uh, or she heard a guy's name named Winston. But Winston, if he came to me and he brought me a piece of bread, I'd be like, you can eat that now. That's all yours. That's all yours. And, if some birds flew in, I don't know, does anybody out there have any parrots? Any pet birds? Please don't let me know if you eat the bird seed that they bring to you. That's okay. You can keep that story to yourself. I don't want to know that. If a bird brought me some bread, or, or we used to feed chipmunks and we'd give them uh, um, some sunflower seeds, if they brought those sunflower seeds back to me, I'm not eating them. And God says, Elijah, I've got you. I'm going to feed you with the birds. Avery, today's lunch is brought to you by ravens. Are you eating lunch today? Absolutely not. 
And, and yet God is saying, the King of the universe is saying, this is the table I'm bringing you. Eat up. And He fed him. And He sustained him. God had him. You know, sometimes the God working in the miraculous isn't always how you want it to look. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't receive it, be humble enough to take it, and continue to trust God. I don't know what this world's going to be like as it unfolds, but there's a lot of wickedness and corruption out there. And your house may not look like the dream home that you live in right now, or the one that you want to live in. It may look a little different, but keep trusting God that He's sustaining you and that He's keeping you. And so the brook began to dry up, and God said, okay, you know, God who brought ravens to feed him could have kept the water flowing. But Elijah understood God has a different plan. And if, you, if he had stayed back there by the brook that dried up at this place of promise, the promise had moved on. And, and I just want to tell somebody, encourage you to get again, it is okay when God moves you on in your ministry with him. When God says, I've blessed you over here, I've kept you and I've sustained you, but we're moving into a new place now. Church of Omaha, this church is moving into a new place. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the tear by night. Don't be afraid of what the enemy whispers to you even in your sleep. Don't listen to it. Don't give place to it. God's anointing is on your life. It is on your head. He has called you and He has purposefully picked you for such a time as this, for this hour. And God is going to take you forward. So don't be afraid. God's got you. Brother Jeremy, feel, fear not. Fear not. And so Elijah made his way down and God told him, I like this right here. He said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. By the way, I didn't point this out earlier, but this region right here where this woman of Zarephath comes from, it's where the lady of Tyre and Sidon came from last week. She wasn't a Jew. She was from a land that was wicked. She was from, um, she was from the land where, of Canaan. I mentioned last week out of Canaan, out of Ham, his father, there was atrocity committed with Noah, against Noah. And there was a curse that had gone out. And so if you looked at anybody, you said, this people? Really? And yet last week we told you about the woman that came and pled to God for her daughter. No matter what God said, when Jesus said, you know, He said, it's not meat to give the crumbs or the food for the children to the dogs. And she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the Master's table. It is from this same place where God sent Elijah. It is from this same place, this same nation, where Jezebel came from. And it is from this same place where Ahab had adopted the gods of the world. And so God said to Ahab, I want you to go right into the heart of the place. I want you to go to the place where Jezebel came from, where Ahab's, quote, gods came from. And I'm going to now sustain you there. And there's a, wo a widow woman there that I've commanded to sustain thee. When Elijah got to her, she knew nothing about what God had commanded her. <laughs> Elijah shows up, and I read this, I have commanded a woman. You know what I see right there? I, I see um, Ananias being commanded by God to go ahead and baptize Paul. You know, Ananias is waiting and ready. 
Elijah, he makes his journey there. Okay. He gets down there. And, and he tells the woman, he says, Fetch, I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And then he said to her, Bring, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not cake, but a handful of meal in the barrel, and a little oil in the cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me, and my son, and we may eat it and die. Wait a second. God has commanded that this is going to happen and that she's going to do this? Where, where, where's God at in this? Where's God at? God had commanded. To, what I want to tell somebody today is that God, when He said, I've commanded the widow, He had decided, I'm going to bless this widow. And sometimes you have not heard the declaration of God in your situation or your life. But that doesn't mean that God hasn't declared it. And that God hasn't commanded it. And that God hasn't called it out. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God's not working. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that He's not moving. Oh, just because your physical eyes see a little bit of meal left and you think that the situation means that you're going to die doesn't mean that God hasn't destined that you're going to survive. And not just to survive, but that you're going to thrive. God had commanded it. It was God's provision in her life. God had said that He was going to take care of Elijah. But God hadn't just said He would take care of Elijah. God could have picked somebody else out there. He could have kept the ravens coming. He could have kept the brook flowing. But He decided, I'm going to use this widow. She needs my help. She wasn't a Jewish person. She wasn't of the, the lineage of Abraham. She lived in this, this corrupt place where Jezebel had come from. And God said, there's a lady down there who will trust me. And I'm just going to go ahead and give her a shot. Now last week, you know, we saw that Jesus said, it's not meat that the, um, that the dogs should eat the food given to the children. He was challenging the disciples. In the Old Testament here, he wasn't challenging anybody's thinking. Well, maybe Elijah, are you going to trust me that this lady's going to feed you? But he was reaching in because God cares about the people that are outside these walls. God cares about the people that are at the most broken place that you could possibly imagine. God is not bound by walls of this church building, of your home, or of your family. God's not bound by the pedigree of your parents. Oh, God's not bound by, by where you think or don't, or don't think you came from. God has called you, and as I've said, He has picked you on purpose. God's picked you. And so Elijah gave her the word, and he told her, Go ahead and make my food. He said, Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Oh, hallelujah. When you will give God first. Now we talk about that with your tithing and your offering, and it is so true. But I want you to give God first of everything. Give God first of your trust. Trust God first. First come to God. And you say, wait, 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 my first is past. No, your first can be right now. You say, you know what, God? 
She had been over there. She was gathering sticks. This is it. This is it. You know, God didn't walk in as an angel. God just walked in with the man of God. And the man of God has stood behind this pulpit. A, a, a person of God has declared His Word in your life. So go ahead and make provision for God first. God, you've got me and you've got my situation. You know, there's something else I recognized here. There's a couple things. One, she saw him as the prophet. He had been in hiding. She wasn't of the nation of Israel. There was something about Elijah. He didn't carry a big sign that walked in and said, okay, I'm Elijah. Now, I don't want, want to toot my own horn with this story. I was at a pretty, what I thought was a lower place in life. I don't want to say it was my lowest place, but I was in college, and I didn't feel spiritual. I was sitting down there at the table with a friend, like at 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, how am I going to do this math problem? And it wasn't high school math either. It was like differential equations or something, you know. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And he looked across the table at me, and he said, something's different about you. What is so different? You have got to tell me. I had to tell you I was given a start. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, something's different about me, right? <laughs> no, I was startled. I was like, what? What do you mean something's different about me? And I knew what he was talking about, but I didn't see myself the way that God was showing him me that day. I saw myself for my struggles, my issues, my problems. But God said there's a mark on His life. And I'm letting you see Him today. And so He wanted to know what's different. I want to tell you, go ahead and live for God and trust God because you're going to walk into people's lives and you're going to walk into your job and you're going to think, I don't know how to do this. And somebody's going to look over and they're going to say something's different about you. There's a hand of God on your life. There's blessing there's blessing. And so she saw and she recognized he was the man of God right away. Not only did she recognize he was the man of God, but she recognized, she said, as the Lord thy God liveth. She didn't refer to a God of the nation she lived in. But she understood, we've been in famine. And she saw him and she's like as the Lord thy God, as Yahweh liveth, as your God liveth. He may not be my God, but he's God. Oh, the world understands. They may not be living for God, but they understand that He's God. Oh, they may be falling into delusion, but when they run into trouble, they understand, hey, hey, he, there's still a God out there. I had a lady come to me one time. She's not involved with God at all. She doesn't go to church. She's like, but I have a problem. Could you pray right now? As the Lord thy God liveth, as He liveth. As he liveth. You know what that was? She was recognizing the authority of God, and she was recognizing the authority of God in the situation. And that right there is worship. Because she came and she said, Hey, as your God lives, Sister Kim, as the Lord thy God liveth, I'm gonna die. Here's my problem. I don't have anything left. This is it. You know, she could have just kept her mouth shut. She could have turned and walked away. But God, unbeknownst to her, God had given a command. And she saw the man of God. 
And she trusted. And she said, okay, here's the problem. There's no food left. You've given a word. And, and, and you're the man of God. But there's no food left. And the man of God said, fear not. Fear not. I want to ask you today, where are you going to cry when you have a problem? Mm. You know what I should first ask? Are you going to cry? Because it's important that we have a cry. It's important. It may not come out with tears. But when there's a struggle, something needs to wail up inside of you. And you need to go before God with your cry. And say, God, I have a problem. And there's not much left in me. And I can't go on anymore. This is it, God. Oh, but I know that you live. As the Lord thy God liveth. As the Lord thy God liveth. And so the story goes that... that uh, um, she began to prepare the food. And when she would go back the next day, there was still meal there. There was still oil there. There was still provision there. You know what else was out there? There was still some sticks to build a fire. And she had everything she needed. And God kept her. God kept her. But then the story takes a turn. Because this woman from this corrupt nation who probably viewed herself very much as an outsider and not as a child of God. She saw her sin and her wickedness. I don't know what all her sins were. I don't know what she was referring to. But verse 17 tells us, And it came to pass in these days that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was sore, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? You see, her relationship with God was a relationship with Elijah. That, that's all where she was at. But you can see this right now. It, it would, in your case, it would be you going before God. All right. God, you, you, you took care of me and my problem. But now, all the things I ever did, all my sins, are they now coming back to haunt me? Is this really it, God? Are you now walking out on me? And I see this as a change moment in her life. Because Elijah went before God. And he said, okay God, look at this child. Look at this promise. Look at this thing she had put all her hope into. Look at what she thought was lost. But when you came along with the commandment that to provide food, that you sustained her. And now she's like, everything, my hope is in this baby. And now it's gone from me. Where is God at? But God had not left her. God had not walked out the door. Yes, once again, just because she couldn't see Him didn't mean He wasn't there. Just because she couldn't see Him moving didn't mean that He wasn't working. Didn't mean that He wasn't working. And so Elijah went into prayer. And God raised this child from the dead and breath flowed back into his body. And the woman said, Now by this I know thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is truth. I only have a couple minutes left here. But what I see happen here for this widow, she was still approaching the man of God. 
but there was an understanding. Before the miracle was because I was providing for the man of God. But now the miracle is because God was providing for me. You weren't just doing this because you had other plans over here and you were using me, God. God, you really cared about my situation. God, you cared about my condition. God, you're not just the man of God's provider. You're my provider. God, I trusted you when the man of God came along and said, do this. But now, God, I trust you because you did something that I couldn't take care of at all. You did something for me. God, you took care of my struggle and my situation. God, you saw my tears and my sorrow. And God, you heard my cry. You are my provider. Oh, I think it's striking because she wasn't of the lineage of Abraham. And God was Abraham's provider. God was Isaac's provider. And God was Jacob's provider. But this widow that was on the outside, oh, God's what became her provider. Oh, I want you to understand, when I gave you bread, it wasn't just for the man of God. It was for you too. Oh, when I moved in the church, it wasn't just for the church of Omaha. It was for you individually too. When I poured out my spirit on all flesh, it wasn't just for the group. It was for you individually as well. God is your provider. God is your provider. She trusted the man of God. She trusted the Word of God. And so with that, the last thing that I want to bring to your attention is Jesus in the book of Luke references this lady. He references it right after He had declared the Scriptures about how He came to heal the blinded eyes and set the captive free. And the people looked at Him and he said to them, he said, Ye shall surely say to me, this proverb physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever have ye heard done in Capernaum, do here in thy country. They challenged him. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of truth, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elias. You know, as I read that, I almost wonder, was it God standing there just like we see when, in his flesh when Jesus said to Jerusalem, 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 how oft I would have gathered you under my wings. Oh, there was many widows. Many widows in Israel when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Serapata, the city of Zidon. Sidon. This is just the Greek versions translated. Unto a woman that was a widow. Why? Why did God send him to this widow? And today I want to tell you the reason that I think that God sent him to that widow and not to another widow is because she was willing to trust God. She trusted God more than her gods. She trusted God more than her situation. And she trusted God again when she went back to the man of God and said, what's happened here? Have my sins come back to haunt me? Am I now being punished? Oh, she came back with trust. Could we stand to our feet? You see, Jesus says in the book of Luke, 
He tells them, he tells them not to be afraid of them that can kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which hath killed, hath both hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Don't fear. Don't be afraid of the thing or the one that can kill the body. Church, you don't need to be afraid of cancer. You don't need to be afraid of another nation. You don't need to be afraid of what your friends or quote friends can do. You don't need to be afraid of losing your job. You don't need to be afraid of fear itself that would come in and torment you at night. Jesus says don't be afraid of those things. I find it interesting of them that kill the body. Why? Because whether you're Lazarus that He raised back, Lazarus died one day. Whether you're that one that was healed of cancer, or you might be that one that God chooses to take, don't fear them, but fear God. Fear God because God is the one that's in control. Serve Him. Keep His commandments. But then He tells you, He says, are not five sparrows sold for just a little bit for two farthing? And are not one of them And not one of them is forgotten before God. Hear me today. God sees you. He sees the bird that falls. He sees that that little bird in the forest. Nobody was looking out for him. I found some dead birds in my yard. I was like, oh, something happened there. God saw that. And then He says, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. They say at any one point in time, there's a hundred thousand hairs on your head right now. Plus or minus, I'm sure a lot. But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Even yours, Brother Kennedy. Even yours. Some are easier than others. Trevor. But he says... After he tells us to fear, Brother Jeremy, I did go look these words up there. Fear, here is fear. It actually looks like phobia a little bit when I look at it in the Greek. And he says, But fear not, therefore ye are more, more value than many sparrows. Today I'm going to stand in awe of God. But I see God who references that little bird. Can you see him? the creator of the universe that caused Sodom and Gomorrah with the fire and brimstone to come down, that raged with the flood on the earth, is like this little sparrow. And then he comes over and he, his hands, you, you may not even see him, but his hands are on you and he's like, and I know the number of hairs on your head. Well, of course you do, God. No, no, I want you to understand, you don't know those things, but I'm telling you, I care about them. And so today, just like this widow of Zarephath, who nobody else was going to care about because she wasn't even a Jew, a Hebrew, a child, a lineage of Abraham. She was a nobody. And yet God said in the middle of this famine, you can't be fed by the birds anymore because there's somebody about to run out of food and I'm going to bless her. And she doesn't even know me, but she's going to recognize me through your life. And so hear me today. The man of God is telling you, God is in your life. He is speaking into your life. He loves you and He cares about you. And you can trust Him today. So with every eye closed, 
Will you stretch your hands towards heaven? And I just want to begin to tell him, Jesus, I trust you. You're my provider. You're my provider, even when it's tough. I trust you today, God. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Jesus.